0: Chapter 16 of Brenda, Her School and Her Club. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. Brenda, Her School and Her Club by Helen Lee Reed. Chapter 16 An Historic Ramble. On a bright sunny morning, just before the beginning of the Christmas holidays, Miss South asked Julia if she would care to go within a day or two to visit some of the historic spots at the North End. It is not quite as good a season, the teacher had added, as in the early autumn or spring, but I have learned that it is never well to put off indefinitely what can be as well done at once. Something may happen to prevent our going later, and so if you can go with me this week, i shall be very glad oh thank you miss south replied julia i should love to go and any day this week would do and i may go too mayn't i cried nora who happened to be standing by why certainly replied miss south the more the better i should be pleased to have all the four go as it happened however on the afternoon selected for the excursion only julia and nora really cared to go brenda and bell had some special appointment which nothing would induce them to break and edith expressed decided objections against going again into that dirty part of the town even a boston december can offer many a balmy day and one could not wish a pleasanter afternoon than that which julia and nora had for their visit to the north end under the guidance of miss south she made Feniel Hall the beginning of the trip, and if I had time, I should like to repeat what she told them about this famous building and its donor, old Peter Feniel, the descendant of the Huguenots. Nora was very much impressed by hearing that the first public meeting in the building, which Peter Feniel had given to his native town, was that which assembled to hear Master Lovejoy of the Latin school pronounce a funeral eulogy over the donor of the hall for his death happened less than six months after the town had formally accepted his gift in 1742 you must remember said miss south that fire and other causes have led to many changes in the old building both inside and out and yet it may still be considered the most interesting building in the country historically or at least of equal interest with independence hall in philadelphia as they walked about and looked at the portraits of washington and hancock and adams and warren and the other great men considered worth a place in this famous hall miss south told them of a political meeting which he had once attended there and how interesting it had been to look down from the galleries upon the mass of men standing on the floor below for no seats are ever placed in this part of the hall and with an exciting cause or a noted speaker to attract the sight of this crowd of men close pressed together is well worth seeing there is one time in particular said julia when i should have loved to look in on the people in the hall when was that asked miss south why during the siege of boston she answered when the british turned it into a playhouse and all the british officers in town were attending the blockade of boston why how can you remember exclaimed nora i don't know said julia i've always remembered it since i read it in some history that just in the midst of the play the audience rose in great excitement at the report the yankees are attacking our works at charleston yes that was the beginning of the end for the british in boston said miss south we are going to see other things to remind us of them this afternoon but now we must hasten on for the afternoon will hardly be long enough for all that we wish to see then after a short walk she said I am taking you a little out of your way to show you one or two spots that you might overlook yourself. Now, just here at this corner of Washington and Union Streets where we stand, Benjamin Franklin passed much of his boyhood. Some persons believe that his birthplace was here, but I am more inclined to accept the Milk Street location than this. Yet, here, almost where we stand, His father hung out the blue ball sign for his tallow candle business, and here, too, he lived with his wife and thirteen children. Not far away, she continued as they walked along, was the Green Dragon Tavern where John Adams and Revere and Otis and the other Sons of Liberty used to hold their meetings, and this, let us stand here for a moment, is the site of the home of Joseph Warren. Here where this hotel stands in Hanover Street, he lived and practiced his profession, a physician. And in this old house, I suppose, the news was brought to his children of his death at Bunker Hill. To save their strength, Miss South now signaled a passing streetcar, and in a very few minutes, they were taken to the corner of Prince Street. On the way, Miss South had said that she wished to show them North Square, and when they left the car one turn from the main thoroughfare, brought them within sight of this noted locality. The little corner shops, of which there were many in sight, had signs worded in Italian, and some of the shop windows displayed all kinds of foreign-looking pastry and confections, less tempting, however, in appearance than the fresh green vegetables shown in the windows and doorways of other shops. The dark-browed men and women who passed spoke to each other in Italian, and some of the women wore short skirts and bright kerchiefs, which made their whole costume seem thoroughly foreign. "'Down this Garden Court Street,' said Miss South, Just before they reached the square, used to stand the house of Sir Harry Franklin. Oh, yes, cried Nora. There's one thing that I remember, the story of Agnes Suriage. I've read the novel. Well, Agnes used to live here, said Miss South, at least in this neighborhood. No trace of the old mansion remains, although when built, it was the finest house in town three stories high with inlaid floor carved mantles and other decorations that even today we should probably admire many other houses in this neighborhood are old and i have a friend who can tell almost their precise age by studying the style of the bricks and mortar but the only one of great historic interest is that little old wooden house said she pointed to one on the western side of the square. It does not look so very old, said Julia. No, because it has been clapboarded after the modern fashion. Aside from that, however, you can see that its overhanging upper story makes it unlike any house built in modern times. Here, Paul Revere lived for many years, and his birthplace is nearby. I hope that in time it may be bought by some patriotic person to be preserved as long as it will stand. At present it is a tenement house and liable to destruction by fire at any moment through the carelessness of its occupants. Now we must hurry on, but I wish that you could come to the square sometime on a holiday when it is a center for all the picturesque Italians of whom there are so many now in this part of the city. As they turned about under Miss South's guidance, she pointed out other old houses. One with the date 1724 above it, almost tumbling down. And she told them a little about the habits of the people living in the narrow streets and alleys which they passed. On the whole, these people are much better off than they ever were in their own country. They have political liberty and their children have the chance of acquiring a good education and that school over there they are taught to speak English and they do learn it in a very thorough manner. The older people are slow in learning our language and even slower in acquiring our habits. They are so anxious to make money that they live crowded together in a very unwholesome fashion. Sometimes a whole family and one or two boarders will live in the same small room and the children will go without proper food or clothes while the father is saving money enough to invest in a house or shop which he wishes to own. Cannot this be prevented? Asked Julia, only by teaching young and old better habits. That is the effort which all the charity workers in this neighborhood make. The kindergartens and industrial schools and all the other organizations are gradually accomplishing this, but it is hard work. I should like to tell you more about their difficulties, but now I suppose we must pay more attention to history. While Miss South had been talking, she had led them up a narrow street, which in snowy weather must have lived up to its name, Snow Hill Street. At the top of the hill, after a turn or two, they came upon an old burying ground. "'Cops Hill,' said Julia. "'Why, of course,' responded Nora. "'I brought you here today,' said Miss South, because I knew that the gates would be open. One cannot always get in during the winter months except by special arrangement. But in summer, the old graveyard is like a park, and the little children from all parts of the North End come here to play, and mothers with their babies are thankful enough for a seat under the trees where they can feel the cool breeze from the harbor. How quaint it is, said Julia, looking down the narrow street, just as they entered the gate. Why, there is Christ Church, isn't it? How did you know it, asked Nora? I thought that you had never been here before. Well, I haven't but there are ever so many photographs showing just this view. What is that queer little house, Miss South? I am glad that you asked, although I should not have forgotten to point it out that it is a real revolutionary relic. General Gage's headquarters during part of the British occupation, it is one of the most interesting houses left standing. Now turning their steps away from the quaint hilly street, they were within the enclosure of the graveyard It would take long to tell all that they saw. There was the old gravestone which the British had made a target and marked with their bullets. There were some stones with nothing but the name and date, and neither very legible, others with rough carvings of cherubs' heads, or the Angel of Death, while some of the vaults at the side had heraldic carvings, the arms of old Tory families. Miss South told them of the days when this graveyard had been neglected and when the gravestones had toppled over and had been carried off by anyone who wished them. Some had been found by the present custodian of the ground in use as covers for drains, others as chimney tops, and some in old cellars and basements. There were famous names on some of the stones and strange verses on others. Julia copied an inscription or two, such as, A sister of Sarah, Lucas, lieth here, whom I did love most dear, and now her soul hath took its flight, and bid her spiteful foes good night, and this, Death with his dart hath pierced my heart, while I was in my prime, when this you see grieve not for me, t'was God's appointed time. She had heard before of the mother tomb and looked with great interest on the brown slab enclosed with an iron railing, under which rested the noted Puritan preacher. Yet while Julia took interest in the stones and inscriptions, Nora was better pleased with the lovely voice of the water to be seen from the summit. It was there in the channel, said Miss South, that the men of war lay when Paul Revere started out on that wonderful ride, and not so far from the spot where the receiving ship, Wabash, now lies at the Navy Yard, "'The British landed in Charleston on their way to Bunker Hill. "'Oh, yes,' said Julia, who had put her her pencil and notebook. "'I can understand now what a fine view the people of Boston must have had of that battle "'when they crowded to the graveyard and the roofs.' "'Yes, there was almost a clear view then,' said Miss South, "'and it must have been a very exciting day for the watchers on the Boston side of the water. "'They were making for the steeple, the old Sexton and his people.' The pigeons circled round us as we climbed the creaking stair, just across the narrow river, oh so close it made us shiver, stood a fortress on the hilltop that but yesterday was bare. Not slow, our eyes to find it, well we knew who stood behind it, though the earthwork hid them from us, and the stubborn walls were dumb. Here were sister, wife, and mother, looking wild upon each other, and their lips were white with terror, as they said, the hour is come. "'Bravo!' cried the others "'as Nora finished this quotation from Holmes' well-known poem. "'If there were times,' added Miss South, "'we might ask Nora, or perhaps you, Julia, "'to cap these stanzas with some other historical poem.' "'The North End would be well worth another visit,' "'continued Miss South, as they turned away. "'I hope that sometime you will both come to a service "'in the old church, "'and if you choose the first Sunday of the month, You will be able to see the fine communion service presented by George II, and you will find the high back pews and the frescoes on the wall the same as they were a hundred and twenty-five years ago. "'What, lots of little children there are playing about?' cried Nora. "'I should think that they would be run over a dozen times a day, for there are certainly more in the middle of the street than on the sidewalks. Why, see there? Why, just look. It really is... manual!' broke in Julia as Nora rushed forward and took the little fellow by the hand. Why, how are you, Manuel? My mother's sick, he replied, smiling at Nora, whom evidently he remembered very well. Oh, couldn't we just go to see him, I mean his mother, cried Nora. But if she is sick, replied Miss South with hesitation. Let us wait here at the corner. This is the very corner, pleaded Nora and you can see whether there would be any harm in our going there. Julia wants to see the house, and perhaps Miss Rosa only has a cold. As this seemed to be a sensible suggestion, Miss South, with Manuel by the hand, went down the little street where the roses were living. End of Chapter 16 Recording by Jill Preston